Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Cottage Tech episode, holy smokes, we're rough on the math on this, Bruce, episode 19. 19, jeez, that's almost as old as my daughter's. Does this mean we got to, uh, does this mean we got to move out of the house and go get married, Bruce? No, no, it, it, it means, I don't know what it means, we've just done a whole bunch and I'm sure there's a lot more to come, I hope so. Hey, you know what it really means? What's that? We're five short of a 2-4. <laughs> well, we're working on that one. That beer fridge is pretty full, and uh, we've got a big project this weekend. Yeah, I know we got to work on. Hey, you know, remember, remember a while ago we were dealing with stubbies. Oh man, I think I remember the stubbies. Hey, we got one today. Yeah. Hey, do we want to talk about today's beer, dude? Well, I'll tell you, we got a few things I'd like to go over today. I thought we might even want to spend just a few minutes, not a lot, on just what you do at the cottage when you all get up on Friday, because we both got up at a decent hour today, although I was later than I wanted to be. Uh, it's fall, getting ready for fall, and the traditional uh, annual experience of chopping wood. Got a few things on that, and of course, beer. So oh, yeah, dude. So by all means, you you brought some stubbies up uh, with some uh, nice amber fluid in them. So let's start there. Well, this is a uh, hey. Today we're doing a heritage premium lager. By the way, I talked to my buddy, my buddy in Montreal, and he like. Your Bubba? Was my, that my, it? My, my, my Bubby in Montreal, and he, like, as soon as I walked in his front door, he says, so I guess it's no more silver bullets, eh? <laughs> so I think we kind of, I think we beat that poor horse to death. No, this is a Heritage Premium Lager. It's from the Heritage Brewing Company in Ottawa. What do you think, guy? Hey, it's in a stubby. I'll tell you, this is an interesting beer. It's got very nice flavor. It's, I, I don't know how to describe these beers, because there's one called a Cameron, uh, there's a Cameron Brewery. That's the Cameron Ontario. House, right? Well, no, it's, I don't think it's related at all to Cameron House, which is a place just on the side where I spend a lot of my Saturdays. And they, they serve the Cameron Ale there as well. I think it's the Ale. Uh, but the Cameron, <laughs> the, the Cameron Brewery, I believe, is totally unrelated in terms of ownership or anything like that. Happen to share the same name. And that beer is the same type of flavor as the same family, I would say. It's It's kind of a flowery, spicy... Yeah, it's not real hoppy. It. It's really nice and citricky and mm-hmm. citricky. Is that a real word? Uh, it is now. Citrusal. Yeah, it's not real hoppy, but hey, it's pretty good beer. It's got a good head on it. Nice. So color. it's a nice flavor. It's not something that everyone would like, and it's not something that I'd like more than one of. Probably, it's one of those things where you you drink one, you enjoy it, no, and then you move def- on. This is definitely not a uh, working around the cottage beer. This is a uh, this is a happy hour beer. Mm-hmm. So quite nice. So so who makes this and where is it from, Cliff? Heritage Brewing, dude, in Ottawa. Www.heritagebrewing.com. We have so many great little microbreweries in Ontario now. It's just phenomenal. We can't keep up with them. And Bruce? But we're trying. It's a tough job. <laughs> it's a monster mandate ahead of us. I don't know if we're up to it, but I'm willing to go for it if you are. I am. I think we should try and work our way through all of them. I was thinking that, too. Should we, like, start in winter and work east or start in... No, let's not start in Cornwall. I got a flyer I picked up which has all the microbreweries, at least in southern Ontario. I don't know it covers all Ontario. I'll have to check. And I started checking, ticking off the ones that we've tried. And I think we should actually do that. I think we should do a, a survey and sampling of all the microbreweries in Ontario because I'm sure there's a lot we haven't even heard of. And then we can branch off and go across Canada from there. You know, I was thinking maybe we should, like, do pins on the map. But uh, I've been told we're not allowed to have sharp objects anymore. <laughs> not <laughs> well, after the nail gun accident. Not this late on a Friday night, that's for sure. Definitely not. It's definitely not after a couple of heritages. So anyway, dude, 
Yeah. Firewood. Yeah, I know. People are probably getting tired of hearing that. No, it's not the chainsaw again because, you know, hey, hey, we got all the all the wood is cut. We cut a bunch of trees down. We cut all the branches up. We're done with the chainsaw work. We got all cut up in nice logs. Only one problem. Hmm. There's never a problem with can't overcome, Cliff. Yeah, but the logs are too big to fit in the wood stove. That's true, especially the ones at the bottom of that oak you took down that we, we talked about before. Those things, you know, I've got to go with the tape measure and make sure I'm not exaggerating here. But they're certainly a foot and a half, probably about two feet across at the base of that tree. Well, my uh, my, my 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 big 20, what, 24-inch chainsaw, the uh, the chain blade on that thing, the chain bar on that thing barely made it through the tree. So it's so, got to be easy, a good 20, 22 inches diameter. Yeah, And I spent... Two weeks ago, when you weren't here, uh, not the better part of two days, but spread over two days, I split that whole tree, that trunk, hauled the pieces onto a splitting block, split them, and filled the woodshed. So we're ready for winter in terms of the uh, wood. I've had a pulled muscle in my back for the last two weeks. It's still not better. It's getting better. Yeah, but the logs are too big for the wood stove. Can we get a bigger wood stove? No, what we got to do is split the wood, which is you know what I was working on the last two weeks ago, uh, and when you, you know, weren't here. You know, like Kimosabe once said, "What we white man?" <laughs> exactly. So there's different ways to split wood. Well, I guess one way to split it, you break it in two or four or six, but there are different tools you can use to split wood. Oh, power tools. Power or, tools. Or, hey, remember the Some other weekend we were up here and the guy down the road there had was making that noise. And we, yeah, and we had, had to run down there and see. And we checked it out, and I, you know, I said that sounds like a log splitter. Oh, hey, Bruce! For those that don't know, what's a log splitter? Log splitter comes in various types, and we're going to talk about some of them. But the one we'll talk about first, this particular one he had, uh, was a Swisher. Was the brand name? Twenty-two ton pressure hydraulic. It's got a seven-horsepower engine on it. It's a vertical structure, so it looks kind of like a guillotine. And as opposed to dropping, the hydraulics press the blade down into the largest twisted, most twisted stump you can have and will split that sucker in two with just the press, light press of a lever. So it's, it's so, so, so let me get this straight. We're dealing with, we're dealing with a blend of gasoline internal combustion engines and hydraulic pumps and hydraulic pressure absolutely awesome and, and the light touch on a lever awesome one lever and it goes it's amazing it's great and you know you don't have to lift when you're dealing with these big stumps uh the base of the trees you pick those up and these are oak we're talking about here we split a lot of oak you don't really have to lift that thing at all. You can roll it over and almost slide it on. Because this is a vertical structure, the base is basically on the ground. Slide it in. You don't have to lift. You don't break your back. And you just push the lever down and grind, crunch, split. I mean, it worked beautifully. Awesome. Dude, we got to get one. How much? They're uh, right now in Canada, Canadian dollars, 1800 bucks. Huh? Yeah, it's a lot of money. But the other thing on these... Remember, uh, I said this thing is vertical. It goes up, I don't know how tall they are, six, seven, eight feet. But they tip over. That is, the trailer hitch is sticking up in the air. These have wheels. They have a trailer hitch. You can tip it over, 
put it on your hitch and drive it away. Now that's important when you're moving it around, even on a small lot. Cause Any otherwise, you push it to take the boat out of the lake in the fall. No, but what you can do oh, is you, you can get a couple people in cottages together, which is what my neighbor did, and split the cost of it. And because you can just put on the trailer hitch, you can haul it back and forth between various people's lots and and get a bit of a community tool. So the eight hundred bucks is a lot of money, but if you've got two, three, or four cottages going in on it you know it's not quite so bad i don't know man that's still an awful lot more than a case of beer well you know and they didn't ask me to go in on it so we'd have to buy one ourselves 1800 bucks yeah that is a lot of beer that's a lot that's a lot of beer dude we could hey how many times could we fill that beer fridge for 1800 bucks an awful lot man there's got to be a better way well anything else well there are some others uh there's different versions now frantic uh frantic frank used to lend us his and it was a similar, it was hydraulic, gasoline engine, but it was a horizontal structure. And the, yeah. only, the, the only thing about that one is you did have to lift it up. When the wood split, it kind of fell down, and you had to pick it back up again. Uh, there's also an electric version of that one. And uh, it's a 6-ton as opposed to a 22-ton that the Swisher is. Electric engine, horizontal drive, and it... Retails for just six hundred bucks. Six hundred bucks. So that's getting a little more reasonable. I don't know, man. That's still an awful lot of beer. Well, yeah, but you know. But it's electric. We got electricity and and you said hydraulics. We got electricity and hydraulics all working together. You know, in six tons, you can still split a a pretty good sized piece of wood with that. Plus, you can work uh, with smaller pieces of wood to make kindling. When you're dealing with oak, you've got that straight grain, and you get really nice small pieces of kindling just pop with the pressure it splits pull the next piece in pop you can get down to one inch uh square kindling out of that so it it works quite nicely on on that level and you don't end up with a pulled muscle like i've got for two weeks yeah actually i was looking i saw one that's uh they they call it the uh they call it the tabletop electric log splitter Hmm. um it's got a little electric motor on it and uh, it's got a little uh, a little bed that you put the log on, and the electric motor drives a big long screw that drives the wedging to split it. And uh, that's almost affordable. But my only concern was that a lot of the logs that we split here, I mean, you know, like, come on, dude, to be honest with you, I don't think we got a table that would hold the log up, let alone the log splitter on it. Jeez, you know, I, I don't think the dining room table would hold that. Oh, the dining room table would definitely, oh man, boy, the women would be pissed. And then you got to lift that, you know, if you're dealing with the uh, base of these big oak trees, you're going to have to lift that up. I mean, it may only be two and a half, three feet, but you've still got to lift that heavy darn two-foot diameter oak up on the table. And then roll it onto the tabletop log splitter? I don't know. Holy jeez, that's a lot of weight. Man, That's a lot of work. I think that's not money well spent. Man, uh, I tell you, I, you're working harder lifting that log up and down than you would be splitting it with an axe. Oh, there's another tool. Yeah, but no, come on, dude. It's got to be something better than that. Well, what else we got? you know what? I don't know if this is better or not, but I was looking in the catalog, and I've never used one of these things before. I've, I've used the, the horizontal one we've talked about. Uh, I was with the neighbor using the uh, the vertical. They've got a foot-operated log splitter. 
Now this is a deal. It's only a hundred bucks. Oh, what is it? What 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 is it? A steel toe boot with a, and a file? And I go up and I kick it in pieces. No, I think it works basically on leverage. And uh, oh, okay. You know, I don't know what else it's got in there to, to give this this. But, but it got a, a really quite a good rating. Yeah, I mean it's only hundred dollars. It got quite a good rating. That uh, the various people bought it. You got to write in what your opinion on it, what your experience is. You got four stars out of five. A uh, few people were just really hot about this thing. I thought it was great. Uh, two of the, I think there were about five written in comments. And any as I say, got about four or five. comments there? Well, Anything we should be worried about? Well, two of them were overall positive, but there were a couple things they said that kind of stood out. And, you know, Cliff, you tell me what, what you think. Would you buy this if you had read this? And, you know, for a, a real man... In a okay, real so cottage. Cottage tech dude, it's got to be rough and tumble. It's yeah, got to survive in, in the woods. In the real forest, dealing with real wood. So here's a guy who gave it a pretty good rating, but had a couple of comments about it. And, uh, you know, he said it split the lo- it even split the logs he purchased from Burnco. Okay, wait a second. He's, he's buying designer firewood? What's, yeah, who's, well, who's Burnco? Yeah, I don't know. I always chop the trees, cut the trees down myself. I have no idea who Burnco is, but apparently they sell logs. Oh my goodness! Um, so do you think maybe from you, now on we should, when we cut a tree down, we should be checking for a serial number? Do you think this guy maybe was buying the stuff at, uh, you know, the grocery store that comes in the wrapped paper, and he tried to split them? I don't know. Hey, it could be. You know, I think I think he's, I think he's splitting yuppie firewood in the city. Okay, well, here's um, here's a couple more comments from... Uh, there were two people who had comments on this thing, and, they, and again, they were both very positive on this. Anyone splits real wood? Well, no, apparently it does, but uh, the second comment, of, of a questionable nature, because they, they were both positive overall, was he stated, this person stated, using this foot-operated log splitter is much slower than splitting with an axe. Um, he needs faster feet. I, I'm not sure, you know, the advantage of paying the $100 for this thing if you're actually moving slower than swinging an axe. The oh, hey, co- there's a thing we could use for cutting wood. An axe. Uh, well, we'll talk about that one in a minute. There's another comment here before we get to that I just wanted to touch on. Yeah, you know, when you're dealing with oak, you've got a really nice straight grain. But when you deal even with oak, where... Uh, the trunk splits in two or a major branch goes off or when you're at the bottom of the tree quite often there's two kind of trunks that come together uh, or if you're dealing with other types of wood you end up with things that aren't quite so straight in terms of grain now the comment from this other person on this one was it works for straight grain wood but rips twisted grain and I had to finish it off with the axe. I don't know. I think this guy should t- turn around. I'll use the axe to rip him a new one. I think so. So you're spending 100 bucks on this foot-operated splitter, which is much slower than splitting with an axe. Unless it's a straight-grained, middle-of-the-trunk oak, you've got to finish it off with the axe oh, anyway. And, you, and you've got to buy it from who? Oh, well, Canadian Tire sells these as well. And I'm no, sure I mean, you've you got, you you got to buy your straight-grain firewood from who oh. is that again? A burn coal? Uh. I don't know. <laughs> These okay. are people. These are people who go to the store to buy their wood. So you know what? Don't know. Never used no, it. You you work. make your own decision. But I think you either go back to the manual technology of using an axe, and you know, using the axe isn't that difficult. 
if you don't mind getting a little exercise. And when you're out in the fresh air and you're in the forest, you got a couple beers. Like, swinging that axe is all powerful. Hey, not, beer, not, and sharp, beer and sharp heavy instruments. What a better mix. You no, know, I never thought of this before, but it's also therapeutic. People talk about putting you know, pictures of their boss or whatever up on the dartboard and throwing darts at it. Oh, you don't have to put pictures of your boss on the dartboard when you're splitting firewood with an axe, do you? Hey, when you're swinging that axe and you're looking down at that chunk of wood, you are putting everything you got into it. Use the force, Bruce. Yeah. It's like karate. You just let out the scream. You let that axe go. And when that wood splits in two, and mind you, when you're doing a straight-grained oak, it splits a lot easier when it's dry. And anybody could do it, but still... You don't tell anybody that. It is a feeling of power. One whack, and you're dealing with a you know a, a piece of trunk that's a foot, foot and a half wide. You hit it once, and that thing splits in two. You feel so powerful. It is a great feeling. So I guess the axe is the way to go. Well, hey, there's got to be another way to split wood, Bruce. Come well, on. Hey, I hear you were up to that recently. Hey, well, before we get beyond that, think the axe. We should also mention there's more than one type of axe. And when we're splitting the solid logs, rather than the what most people would think of it of the traditional axe, there's the wider head as well. Oh yeah, that's called the splitting mall. Yeah, we got yeah we got the splitting malls here, and that's the one we usually use. So that's what I use that almost exclusively now, and it's the wider head so that when the, the when the blade hits the wood, instead of having a narrow uh, piece of metal that goes in the wood. The metal flares out much wider. That forces the wood apart. So when you're dealing with a big, uh, a wider piece of wood, shall we say, that has more leverage when it's coming down. As I say, I use that almost all the time now, and it works great on all sizes, so why switch back and forth? But have an axe. Have the, what was it called, Cliff? Splitting mall. Splitting mall. Also, when it gets stuck, then you can take it's, a sledgehammer or like the other... A, it's kind of like a gun maul, but without a machine gun. Yeah. You can take a sledgehammer or the other axe to hammer it down. The other technique, which a, a Hungarian gentleman taught me, when you swing that axe into a piece of wood and it happens to be stubborn and doesn't split, which could be because the grain is twisted or it could be a little green, the normal person would just pick that up and start hammering it, you know, so you, you swing the axe back up and the wood's stuck in the axe, it goes up with it and start hammering it into the chopping block. Bang, bang, bang. Or if it's in and it won't move, you start trying to wedge it out, leverage it out, hammer it out, because the darn, and so you can get another swing, takes a long time. What he taught me is you take that whole thing up, you twist it around so the log is on top of the blade of the axe, Swing it over your shoulder and bring it down so the axe, the back of the axe head, the heel of the axe head, hits the chopping block. The chopping block stops it. The momentum forces the log down through the axe as opposed to the axe going through the log. It works amazingly well. That you, know, is you, a t- could, you could also do like the Barnes boys did next door. If you get the axe stuck in the log, throw two more axes in, hang some bird feeders on the handles, and call it garden art. Well, there you go. And go to the hardware store at Canadian Tire and buy some more axes. There you go. Hey, come on, Bruce. I hear you were splitting firewood with your bare hands the other night. What's up with that? Hey, I've always wanted to do this. I was at a motivational uh, 
speech or speaker, listening to a motivational speaker. The guy was a 10th degree black belt in karate. And I won't go through the whole thing, but he, he asked, you know, who hasn't, how many people out there, it's probably most of you, haven't split wood with your bare hands. So, you know, a whole bunch of hands went up. And a little later he said, okay, first 10 people up on the stage who want to try this, you can split wood with your bare hands. I'm going to get you to do it and show you that you can do something maybe you thought you couldn't do before. So I just ran up there. I was pumped. I was ready to do this. I've always wanted to do this. So he gets the boards, about a foot square, inch thick, puts it between just two chairs. So it's sitting on the, the uh, you know, inch or so on each side on the top of the chairs. And these are solid metal chairs, not cushion, okay? And shows, you know, position your foot, swing through the board, aim for a point below it, and just give a screen. And it's pine, okay? It's not oak. So but, you weren't splitting red oak logs? No, no, no. Oh, we were splitting pine, but I'll tell you. It was great. Just went up, gave the scream, hammered down, and split that sucker like nothing. Uh, my hand hurt a little bit about 15 minutes later. <laughs> no bruises. Everybody did it. Everybody went up. Men, women, everybody was successful at it. And it's a great feeling of power. And if you've got pine to split, hey, throw away the axe. Just go out and do it the old-fashioned way through your fist. So if I need to turn my wainscoting into kindling, you're there for me? Absolutely. Any chance I can get you to do that oak tree? No, I think I'll leave oak uh, for another time. Yeah? I don't think I'm quite there yet. You know something? You know what I've realized the last few weeks? I don't need a log splitter. No? I've got got the best log splitter going. What's that? Bruce! Yeah, (laughs) that's right. You didn't show up, and I had to do it all myself. I filled that whole... Well, I didn't fill the whole woodshed. I filled the balance of the woodshed. But that was basically a whole oak tree. The whole main trunk I split over a period of two days. wasn't continuous. Took lots of beer breaks. Went up to see Environmental Annie. Had a lot of chats. Came back down, split some more wood. But uh, I'll tell you, I was uh, I was feeling for it after. So splitting wood, you've got a lot of choices. You can uh, do it the karate way and uh, develop some good calluses on your hands. You can use the axe or the maul. And do it manually, and that's really, I, it really isn't that much harder than using some of these power splitters in terms of lifting the wood and putting it in place and all that stuff. It gives you a great sensation of satisfaction, but yeah, you could end up with some sore muscles if you do a lot of it. And yeah, not everybody, come on, dude, with that with that gasoline hydraulic log splitter. Cottagers all around the lake can hear us splitting wood. I know, and it's just that's bonus points. You know, and not everybody's in that good enough shape to be able to split the wood that way. So when you go to the power splitters, well, the foot-operated one, I'll leave it to you. I'll go with those comments and my interpretation of those comments. Slower than splitting with an axe works for straight grain, but on twisted, I had to finish with the axe. Yeah, I'll just stick with the axe. Wuss. If I'm going for power, forget the six-ton. Go for the 22-ton. Go big or go home, dude. Hey, get it going. Let the neighbors know what you're doing. And do it right. And you can haul it anywhere you want. That's the way to go. I still say I already got the best log splitter. (laughs) Bruce! I got to say, I did a great friggin' job on that wood. Hey, you did, man. We're all set. We got firewood in. We got Heritage Premium Lager. We got a beer fridge full of beer. Hey, do we have food? 
Uh, absolutely. I brought food up for the weekend. Awesome. We got food. We got beer. We got firewood. Yeah. And cousin I- cousin Eileen's coming up tomorrow with some more food for us for Sunday. Awesome. We're set. Hey, dude, I think that's about it. Well, you know, we've talked about beer. We've talked about uh, the work. I did say we talk a little bit about what you do when you come from the cottage. And uh, we got up on Friday. I came up a little earlier. Later than I planned, but earlier than I normally do. And what do you do when you get up to the cottage on a Friday? Have well, a beer. You have a couple of beers. And then what do you do? Have you, a couple of beers. Well, yeah, but in a different location because you like variety. So you or want you it, have someone else's beer. You wander down the road, knock on the door, see who's home, and go in and drink some of their beer, which is exactly what we did. We went down to visit a neighbor, and it's, it is so nice. It's so unlike the city, at least where we are. You just go down, no appointments, no phone calls. You go down, knock on a door, you're invited in, you sit, you have a beer, you have some chips, discuss stuff, debate the local politics, and uh, you know you just have a great, wonderful time, drink some more beers, and then you wander back home. So that's what you do when you get to the cottage early on a Friday or any other time. No wonder we've never emptied the beer fridge. We're trying to empty 14 of them all the way down the cottage road. <laughs> I've tried that a few times, too. Saturday nights can be uh, kind of brutal that way. Just walk from door to door. That uh, wouldn't be the first time we drank our way down the cottage road. Hey, the, so the last thing, and we really don't have one today, but I just want to mention because we don't have one, I don't think unless we come up with something really quickly, uh, is the turkey of the day. Well, I don't know. The turkey of the day could be you for splitting all the firewood. But no, to be honest with you, I don't think we got one today. But hey, the tool of the day? Yeah? It's got to be the splitting mall. You know what? I think you're right. As much, you know, as it's m- not much of a tool. It's kind of beat up. It's uh, got lots of nicks in the face. Kind of looks like a uh, kind of looks like a kind of looks like a ten-year-old. Yeah. Actually, well, it looks a bit more like a thirteen-year-old. But it's been around for a long, long time, and it always does a job. It never runs out of gas, and I still think every home should have a Brig and Stratton and seven horsepower, twenty-two ton splitter. But you've got to have that mall beside it. I'm thinking until we can get the uh, the, the fancy gasoline, hydraulic, super duper heavy duty, uh, do that job there, and uh, shame all the neighbors into wanting ours. I think the uh, I think the splitting mall is going to have to do it for now, guy. I agree with you. Hey, it's kept it's kept us warm up to now. It that it has. Okay, dude. Hey, I think we're out of here. Sounds good to me. We got anything else? Uh, hopefully, we've got some more beer. Okay. Hey, that's a good plan. Hey, Bruce. Yo. Let's go have a beer. I'm with you. We're gone, guy. Take care. Good night. Well, that's it for episode 19 of Cottage Tech. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Hey, Bruce and I had lots of fun up at the cottage this time. Uh, hey, first off, a special thanks to Jeremiah Fleming of PodsafeAudio.com. Uh, thanks him for supplying the intro and the outro music. Uh, you can find more of him at PodsafeAudio.com. There's a link to his part on that site on our website, CottageTech.com. Don't forget the hyphen on between cottage and tech. Uh, also, kudos to Heritage Premium Brewing in Ottawa, Ontario. You can find them at www.heritagebrewing.com. 
for the Heritage Premium Lager that we uh, we consumed a few. Good to see Stubby's coming back again. Hope more people do for that. Uh, hey, it's a retro thing. Uh, uh, some of you don't remember them, but, uh, but we certainly have fond memories of, of, of Stubby's and, uh, and, and all the things we've been through with them. Uh, well, as far as uh, log splitters, that was uh, the topic of the day. Uh, Going to have to get one of them one of these days, but in the meantime, hey, it might not be high-tech, it may be low-tech, but a splitting maul and a sledgehammer or a splitting maul and a regular axe can't beat it for splitting wood. Uh, that is, unless you buy yuppie wood from, from wherever that supplier was, or unless we can get Bruce to, uh, to start splitting oak with his bare hand. That's going to be lots of fun. I think it's going to take a few more heritages to get him to go that far. But in the meantime, we'll have to split with a splitting wall. Anyway, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hope you get to your cottage.